Welcome to the Healing Embodied Podcast, where we have real and raw conversations about growth and healing that will shift your perspective in profound ways. We take a unique approach to healing the overthinking mind, creating conscious relationships, and living a life of courage and freedom. So take a deep breath and get ready to expand your mind, connect to your body, and activate your spirit. Chelsea Horton, me. That's me. Um, (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. Uh, This is pretty wild and crazy for me right now as I am recording my first ever podcast episode. This is something that I've been (laughs) trying to do for, gosh, probably two years now and I'm finally doing it. It's finally happening. And today I want to start with sharing my story, my journey with anxiety, how it showed up in my life in so many lovely ways, um, and how I was really able to get through it and not just get through it and feel like I'm constantly just managing symptoms, but actually feel like something changed and shifted within me on a cellular level. It was like a spiritual awakening, healing, whatever you want to call it. That's what I've been able to experience in my journey with anxiety. And I just want to share my story with you today so that if you're going through anxiety, if anxiety is showing up in your life, in your relationships, I want you to know, first of all, that you're not alone. And if you're in this place where it feels hopeless and it feels like it's just never going to end, I want to offer you hope. Um, I, I remember when it was really bad. I literally said out loud, I just hate myself. Um, the anxiety was so intense. My thoughts were so loud. I just felt like I couldn't enjoy um, the things that were most important to me. So if you experience a lot of anxiety, if your mind doesn't seem to shut up, I literally, (laughs) literally know what that's like and and the torment that it is. So yeah, let's, let's get into it. Let's dive into how anxiety has shown up in my life. And I want to say that anxiety really started coming onto the scene in my life around middle school and particularly high school. So at this time, middle school and into high school, my parents were going through a divorce and had gotten a divorce. There was a lot going on in my family life. Um, And I was also becoming increasingly involved in uh, evangelical Christianity, which is a big part of of my story with anxiety and um, 
yeah, I know not everyone's going to relate to this, but maybe you can relate to some of the aspects of my experience with this. Um, so when I talk about, when I reference my experience with evangelical Christianity, I'm really talking about the experiences in church that were very harmful, rigid, controlling, shame-based, fear-inducing, very controlling. This was the type of church culture that I was raised in. Um, So much shame, so much fear. And I think really after my parents got divorced, I was, I was looking for certainty, you know, subconsciously. I was looking for certainty and the type of religious context that I was in promised that. Um, everything was very black and white. It was so like, it was this nice, neat package Everything was in this container, in this box. God fit in this box. Um, And if I just followed these very specific and rigid and particular rules, if I just followed these rules, I could have certainty. I would be a good person. My life would go well. Um, And having that kind of mindset as a developing teen, when you're developing your identity, was really damaging for me because I became incredibly afraid of making mistakes. I not only didn't want to not make mistakes, I wanted to stray so far from the possibility of making mistakes and doing anything wrong. Like I wanted to be perfect according to these rules these very rigid black and white rules and (laughs) that creates a lot of anxiety when you believe that if you make a mistake you're going to disappoint god you're going to disappoint god that's that's a big amount of pressure to put on a teenage girl. Like, if you mess up, if you don't follow these rules, you will be disappointing. God, you will not be, you know, living this perfect path that he has for you. You're going to be missing out. You're going to experience, you know, the consequences of your sin. So I think this recipe of just really rigid religious teachings and also kind of seeing the the chaos in my family I so I so much wanted perfection because I believed if I could just get everything right if I could just do everything perfectly then I wouldn't have to experience pain so I was always looking for like a formula of life like I wouldn't maybe if I just got everything right If I made all the right choices, if I didn't mess up, then I would never have to experience the pain that my parents did, then my life, like I would have this 
uh, you know, life that's worth living because anything outside of basically perfection is not worth living when you have this very rigid mindset. So as I went through high school, I got more and more and more and more and more involved in what was essentially like a Christian cult with a very manipulative um, leader, uh, leader of the youth ministry that I was in. Very controlling, very manipulative. So much of my time was devoted to this man and this movement and I became so, oof, I get really sad when I think about um, my teenage self. I became so self-critical, so self-judgmental. I I don't really think I had a lot of positive self-concept outside of being perfect. And if I strayed from this perfection, from these rigid roles, I would just get flooded with shame, unworthiness, anxiety, but it was all under the guise of, you know, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, or, um, you know, I'm just trying to be the best I can be. Um, But when I look back, it was, it was just shame. I mean, it was just boiled down. It was shame that I internalized and I become so critical of myself, so judgmental. Even as a teenager, I was crippled and paralyzed around decision making. I would, again, teenage girl, teenage girl, when I had to make a decision, like, Um, which college I was going to go to, I would literally like pray and pray and pray and ask God for signs. I'm looking for signs. I would open the Bible and just point to a random page and, and hopefully I would get the answer of what I should do. Because again, I was so afraid that if I wasn't making the right decisions, if I wasn't choosing the right path, then I was going to disappoint God. I was going to live this life of misery. It was so much catastrophic thinking. And that was kind of like how I learned to go through life was look for signs, make sure it's right. Make sure you don't disappoint anyone because God forbid um, you disappoint the almighty creator of the universe, you know, you're going to be unworthy in, in his sight. So don't you dare mess up. Make sure you are always listening, listening, listening for the signs, listening. Oh, you know, maybe God is trying to tell me something. I got to make sure I listen. And it was truly just obsessive. It was obsessive. And, um, you know, around that time when I was very involved in this super culty uh, Christian youth ministry, I was, I was super, super passionate. And so I I pretty much got all of my friends involved. And I've processed a lot of guilt around that, like, that version of myself, that past version of myself believed, like, not only did she have to be perfect, but she had to make sure that those she loved we're following this path because, oh my God, if they didn't follow this path, they were all doomed for hell. So of course, 
you know, this past version of me, this teenage girl wanted to make sure all her friends were also doing the right thing and following the right path. Because if they weren't, um, something bad was going to happen to them. So I, I got all my friends involved. Oh, bless. Oh, goodness. I got all my friends involved in this super culty um, youth ministry. And one of the people that I had gotten involved in this ministry was one of my best friends from high school that I had met on the high school dance team and in drama class. Um, and he, at the time, identified as gay very openly and we were really great friends and as our friendship grew I got him very involved in this super awesome youth ministry and basically the more we got involved in this ministry like it became a very clear message that he could not be himself he could not be gay if he wanted to not only be a part of this ministry but be involved um, in leadership, which, which I was, and he eventually was. And so basically this very manipulative, um, leader of this ministry, um, was like, you, you can't be gay and, you know, God doesn't want you to be gay. And so long story short, (laughs) we ended up kind of being, manipulated and brainwashed into being together as a couple we both at the time really felt like it was what we wanted and what was right and what God wanted like oh my gosh this is this is the one um and so I I got into a relationship with this with my friend when when I was 18 years old and even in that relationship I was so anxious about it not being right. Um, even though, quote unquote, God and the you know, leader of this ministry had given the blessing, <laughs> I was still so anxious. What if this isn't right? What if this isn't the one? Um, what if like God is trying to tell me that, you know, I, I shouldn't be with this person. And I mean, honestly, I should not have been with this person uh, for many reasons, but I think we all know why. Um, And even in this relationship, the kind of obsessive, anxious state started uh, seeping into my relationships in such an intense way. I was constantly praying, looking for signs, just kind of checking, like making sure, is this right? Is this right? Making sure, making sure, is this right? Is this right? God, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? And there were definitely times where I would just, for no reason, become um, just so overwhelmed with anxiety and this fear of not doing something right, uh, according to my worldview at the time. Uh, And I would just feel like I was going to panic. And then I would, you know, pray about it and pray about it and, you know, try to like, again, look for signs, always looking to do the right thing. And eventually um, me and this person uh, got engaged and I was like, okay, this is right. Okay, cool. Yes. Like I'm, and a big part of this was also like trying to 
again, find the formula of relationships. Like, how do I make sure I get in the right relationship so that I never get a divorce like my parents? So I, I believe that I had found the formula to a lasting relationship because, you know, according to the church, according to this ministry I was involved in, like, this is God's will for me to basically, quote unquote, redeem someone who identified as gay and they needed to be saved and rescued, basically. Um, so according to that, like, worldview, I, I was following the right path. Um, and because it was what God wanted, I was like, okay, that must mean, you know, I'm not going to get a divorce. I'm not going to get a divorce AKA I'm never going to experience pain and heartbreak because I've, I'm following the formula. I'm following the right path. And long story short, about three months before our wedding, um, this person called it off and said, I never loved you. Um, I've never been in love with you and I'm leaving and moving out of the state tonight. And I was devastated and I knew it was because that he knew he was not being authentic to himself um and at the time that was so earth shattering because I was still very much in that rigid um cult-like mentality of like oh gosh like no you're you're straying from the formula you are straying from God's path like it felt like a double whammy, like not only were, you know, my dreams and desires and hopes for the future dashed, I was so afraid for him, like, oh no, like he is, he is not following the formula, and I was, again, just utterly shattered, and it began to start this process of Me beginning to question so much of what I believed for so many years. And that process alone of questioning my beliefs was so anxiety inducing because I was told you cannot question these beliefs and anyone who says that these beliefs are not true or not right you know, they are heretics, they are being seduced by the devil, by the world, like anything outside of these beliefs are not only wrong, they're dangerous. It's dangerous to not believe these things. It's dangerous to no longer identify with these beliefs. It's dangerous to leave the church. And so there was this one part of me that was like, Something in this belief system clearly did not hold up. I followed the formula. I thought I was doing everything right. And now everything that I thought was true just completely just shattered. So there was that on the one hand. And on the other hand, feeling terrified to question all of these beliefs, to question my worldview because of the utter fear that was placed in me about questioning my beliefs and about um, changing and and leaving this um, belief system. And so it was just so much emotional 
turmoil and anxiety and just like I felt nauseous when I thought about changing these beliefs and when I couldn't help but question them they were this belief system was crumbling this rigid black and white shame and fear-based belief system was crumbling the process had already begun there was no stopping it from crumbling and yet I felt so terrified of the idea of life on the other side like I just couldn't see how it would be possible to not believe these things or not feel this immense shame and anxiety and and guilt that I was always under and (laughs) through this through this process of you know having this relationship shattered my belief system is starting to be shaken I meet this other guy uh, several months later he was a friend of one of my roommates and so when we met we met at my apartment at the time at a birthday party something clicked um there was other guys before who had flirted with me and I was like eh, no I hate everyone I hate everyone <laughs> and for some reason something uh just something about this person just uh, captivated me a little bit captured me a bit and several weeks later um he asked for my number and I remember still feeling so much fear and anxiety about, you know, making the right choices. And I had found out that he was not a Christian. And there was this huge tug of war inside of me of like, I can't help my, this attraction toward him, this pull, this draw toward him. I can't help that. And at the same time, I'm hearing all of these rigid, critical, shaming voices in my head saying, oh my gosh, if you date someone who isn't also a Christian, you're, you're a bad Christian, you're a bad person, God's going to be disappointed, it's never going to work. And so even though I was beginning to question these religious beliefs they were still so ingrained in my subconscious and so I I just could never relax in my life I could never just allow things to flow and unfold like I was a very anxious teen and young adult and I spent so much time just thinking 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 obsessing 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 instead of just being playful and exploratory and adventurous and like learning about who I am everything was so rigid and constricted and I just I just could not relax in my life and so as this new guy came into my life I it was like (laughs) like so panic inducing but somehow I still decided to go on a date with this person and, you know, again, asking him about his religious beliefs. And I, I knew full well, like, that religious beliefs didn't mean the same thing to him that it did for me at the time. And yet I still decided to keep seeing this person. Something in me was just like, I want to keep seeing this person. 
But every time, every time, as soon as I left hanging out with him, just a flood of anxiety, panic, shame, guilt. Oh my God, I'm doing the wrong thing. I'm doing the wrong thing. I'm doing the wrong thing. Instead of being like, you know, a normal young adult, like I'm going to date and see what happens. And I'm, I'm learning, like, let's see where this goes. It was just so much anxiety and shame and panic from, from day one of this new relationship. And, and about a month into us dating, like I just had this overwhelming sense of anxiety, just whole body anxiety, nausea, just the loudest thoughts of like, God is telling you like this anxiety is God. This anxiety is God telling you you're doing something wrong and you're disobeying God and you're not following God's perfect path. And woo, I, I believe that the only way to satisfy these voices, to quench this anxiety, I believe that the only way was to break it off with this person because I really believe the anxiety was about this person. Truly, the only thing my mind could see at the time was there's this person and I'm having so much anxiety. It's obviously this person. It's obviously him. Um, even though like he was the most available, like I just felt so seen and adored around him. And yeah, my anxiety was like, nope, all wrong, all wrong, all wrong. Something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong. And so I broke it off with him about a month into dating and you know, I felt that kind of temporary relief of like, I did the right thing. Like I, I was such a martyr, such a martyr. Like I did the right thing. I sacrificed my happiness in order to do the right thing. And y'all, that breakup did not last long because again, there was still this very real part of me that enjoyed our time together and sensed that there was something worth exploring here. So (laughs) I texted him, uh, we were having a a party at my house and I texted him and, you know, said like, Hey, are you coming to this party? And I said, you should come, you know, just as friends. And next thing you know, he's at my house and we're kissing in the hallway. So we got back together and again, it was this constant tug of war. Am I doing the right thing? Oh gosh. Like, just this sense that this sense that I was truly doing something wrong or just this belief that this just couldn't last. Yes, it felt amazing. Yes, this relationship was night and day to the previous ones I had had. But there is this strong belief like this just can't last because it doesn't follow the formula. It doesn't follow the formula. So uh, during this time, I was also applying to go to grad school for dance movement therapy and counseling. And I was so excited about the possibility of kind of like starting my life over. I still had so much pain from that past breakup and I wanted to move away from the town I was in. I wanted to kind of just start over. So I was just so excited about this possibility of getting this degree that basically 
sounded like me if I was a degree. Like Chelsea as a degree is dance movement therapy and counseling. So a little bit of background. I had my undergraduate degree in counseling from a very conservative Bible college and I was applying to be a dance movement therapist at a very liberal uh, graduate school. So I got accepted into the graduate program. Woo woo! And at the same time, um, Matt, this person's name is Matt, he got accepted or got hired um, at a position out in Los Angeles, California. We were both living in Tampa, Florida at the time. He got accepted as a position, an engineering job in Los Angeles, California. And so I was like, okay, see, this is God. This is God telling me and like this is God doing this for me this is God orchestrating the right path for me God is taking Matt away from me because Matt is wrong it's not the right person so okay there it is God is taking him away it's gonna be easy I'm moving away he's moving away okay and again a bit of that relief came in sadness grief yes but the fear was so intense of making the wrong choice that I, I felt so much relief around like not having to make a choice. It was like the choice was being made for me. I, again, the decision making at the time, not very good. Um, <laughs> so I felt like, okay, God was making the choice for me. So I went to grad school and holy mother of God. Uh, <laughs> I say ironically, this program wrecked my world in the most beautiful, amazing way possible. And again, I was convinced that when I moved to Chicago and started grad school, like that it was just going to be over with me and Matt. And yet again, there was still something inside me that still wanted to keep talking to him. I, I loved talking to him and having him as a part of my life. And so we just kept texting. We just kept talking. We just kept FaceTiming. And then the next thing you know, I'm visiting him from Chicago. I'm visiting California. Um, And that happens again and again and again. So we're in a long distance relationship. We're in a committed long distance relationship at this point. And at this point, the anxiety is so high. My anxiety is so high. I'm in grad school. I'm, I still have all of this pain from what I had been through with the church and with my ex. And again, still having this belief ingrained in me that, that somehow this relationship was wrong. And always trying to check and look for signs and and just never being confident in my choice. Um, And through this, through my dance movement therapy and counseling program, oh my gosh. So it just shifted the whole paradigm of how I processed the world, how I process my emotions, how I process my thoughts. Because before this program, everything, all of my focus, all of my attention was about my thoughts and what my mind was saying, I, I gave so much of my power to my thoughts because I, I didn't, 
I didn't even think to question them. I didn't think that there was another option. It's just like, oh, I'm having these thoughts. They must be true. They must be real. They must be accurate. They must be an accurate assessment of my present reality. So before this program, I didn't even know there was another option, another way of looking at at what I was experiencing in my relationship and just my my self-criticism, my perfectionism, my self-judgmentalism, if that's a word. And I learned how to be in my body, how to put my focus from all the noise in my mind into my body, how to process emotions through my body. This was a very experiential program. Um, and everything that they taught us, they, they wanted us to apply to ourselves first. And we, we would like do experientials. It was very experiential learning. We would do experientials with the work we were learning. And just in that, I had so many breakthroughs and aha moments. And just naturally through that process of learning how to work with my body and work with my emotions and express what was going on through movements, through creative movement. You know, there was no formula. No one was telling me how I should move. I was learning to like trust my body and just allow whatever was there to move through me. Like it changed the way my brain process things and just naturally through that process the all the anxious thoughts began to slowly loosen their grip they would slowly begin to lose their power they would come in and then they would lose their power and they'd come back in and visit and they would lose their power again and just over those two years that I was in that program I began to learn to trust myself, I began to really see how my experiences had impacted how I viewed myself, how I viewed relationships. I became so much more understanding and compassionate toward my humanness and toward the humanity of others. I learned how to not see everything so rigidly and through this black and white lens, I began to see nuance and complexity and you know going to this liberal college with people from all backgrounds and walks of life I began to see like wow these are such loving compassionate incredible people and they don't they're not you know evangelical Christians and my whole life I was taught like we call them non-believers. I was taught that non-believers like were depraved and sinful and like they were somehow missing something. They were missing something in life and and just seeing people of all walks of life, seeing how loving they were, seeing how much how much more joyful they were. That instead of how I was, like I was just this ball of anxiety. I was this ball of shame. And seeing like, wait a minute, this person isn't an evangelical Christian and they are way more chill. Like they have way more trust in life. They're able to just like 
enjoy things and see how things go and they have way more trust dare I say way more faith in life and in themselves than I ever did I did not learn how to trust myself I did not actually learn how to have faith I learned to shove life and myself and other people and my emotions into a very tight little box and that box broke open over these two years and it allowed me to see myself so differently I went into that program literally proclaiming out loud in front of my classmates I just hate myself to at the end of this program loving loving who I had become loving who I had become, having so much more love and compassion for myself, for other people, for humanity, and also so much more love and understanding in my relationship. Instead of seeing my relationship through so much fear and anxiety and perfectionism and judgment and criticism and Am I, am I going to make the wrong decision? And, you know, we're going to get divorced down the road, just like my parents, or I'm going to get hurt all over again, or, you know, I'm not making the best choice and I'm going to disappoint God. Like all of that began to just dissolve over these two years as I learned to disidentify really from my mind and all the anxious thoughts and just live and experience and process life through my body. And by the end of those two years, me and Matt had gotten engaged. Like I had so much more trust in myself and in my decisions, so much more trust in love. I had learned to decipher and discern the difference between the voice of fear and the voice of my past traumas and the voice of you know, this religious trauma. I learned to decipher between those voices and like me who I am, what I want, what I desire. And viscerally, I could viscerally feel and sense the difference. Whereas before, it was so confusing. It felt, I felt like I was these voices. I felt like I was all these thoughts. I was, like that this fear, this anxiety was me. I really believed it and over these two years I began to create space and and learn who I am underneath all the fear underneath all the anxiety all the messages that I had internalized I learned like whoa like I came home to myself I came home to myself and I I again it wasn't it wasn't like I was just managing the anxious thoughts anymore like they had dissolved they the anxiety was like dismantled because all of the things that were keeping those anxious thoughts alive I had shifted them you know the self-criticism the shame the self-judgment the fear of love the fear of making mistake all of that had shifted as I learned to get into my body and process these things through my body because I was holding on to all these things on such a cellular visceral 
level. Like, again, I couldn't relax in my life because of all of this fear, fear of failure, fear fear of making a mistake, fear of getting hurt. And as I processed these fears and and this shame through my body, the thoughts like just didn't have anything to stick to anymore. All that fear, all that shame, all that trauma was fueling all of these thoughts, these what if thoughts and oh my gosh, like I'm making a mistake. Oh God, oh God, oh God. It was all that stuff that I had stored in my body was fueling these things. So once I shifted this on a cellular level, once I learned how to be more compassionate toward myself, toward humanity, and see that I didn't need to follow a formula for life to be beautiful, and that life wasn't about perfection. Life was about experiencing and being present in the moment and trusting as things unfolded and not needing to know, not needing to have certainty, but trusting trusting as things unfolded and trusting that no matter what came my way that I could handle it that I could navigate it because I learned how to do that through my body I learned how to process emotions through my body so I began to trust like if something painful did happen I trust my body now I trust that me and my body can process this that me and my body can move through this, that me and my body, we can feel it, we can experience it and allow it to move through us because I had, I had done it already. I allowed the pain from my past and the religious trauma and my parents' divorce and, and the breakup. I had processed that pain through my body over these two years, which allowed me to be open to life again. And so I developed this trust that if something painful were to happen again, I know how to process pain because I've done it before and I didn't think that I would be able to. I didn't think I would be able to get unstuck from this shame and this religious trauma and the pain of my breakup. And yet my body, my body knew, my body knew, she knew all along how to process these things but my mind and all the thoughts and the stories were constantly getting in the way of my body's wisdom because I had learned to listen to my thoughts and not my body I had learned that my body is sinful and wicked and my nothing good comes from my body so why would I ever listen to her (laughs) my body is you know the the flesh is what you know, evangelical Christianity refers to like desires, desires from the body. It's that's, that's the desires of the flesh and that's wicked and sinful. And we have to, you know, submit our bodies to the will of God. Um, yeah, it's some pretty messed up stuff, but I, I reclaimed, I reclaimed that trust in my body. And I learned like, what? My body is not sinful and wicked. She is loving and kind and wise and she has so much for me she has so much in store for me and I was fed this lie I was I was told to fear my own body I was told to fear my own body to fear my own emotions 
to be really to just be afraid of myself, to be afraid of the human experience. And so this, this process was truly a spiritual awakening. I no longer identify as Christian or religious, but I feel like I've reclaimed a sense of spirituality that is so much deeper and more vast and more um, accommodating to the human experience. Um, It felt like a true, a true, 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 true spiritual awakening, true salvation. What I was fed before, that was imprisonment. I was a prisoner in my own mind. And I I felt like I finally experienced um, awakening, enlightenment, I don't know, (laughs) salvation, whatever kind of spiritual jargon you want to put on top of it. And here I am, gosh, five years later since graduating that program. I've been married to Matt for four years at this point. We've been together well, it'll be eight years this year. And now from my experience, my personal experience, and then, you know, working in the field as a dance movement therapist with so many other people who experience anxiety, I, I now run my own business, Healing Embodied. That's all of that is what brought me here. And Whenever I work with clients, I so often see the past version of myself in them. I see the fear. I see the rigidity. I see the, the self-criticism and the shame and the self-judgment and the fear of making a mistake and the fear of getting hurt. I see it all and I, I can see right through it. You know, the mind, my clients, you know, when they first come to me, they're still so very much convinced by what their anxious mind is saying. And it's like, ooh, I can see right through it because I've been there and I know exactly what the mind does when you have all this fear and all this shame just stored in your body. And it is like just seriously the coolest freaking thing in the world to be able to help other people go through the process that I went through because when I went through it I felt really alone and there there wasn't really someone who knew exactly what it was that I was experiencing I didn't even really have the words or the language for it at the time as I was going through it and then having gone through it and reflecting on it I was able to put more words and language to my experience, like relationship anxiety, religious trauma, like all of these, all this language came after the fact that I had went through it. Um, like I, these words kind of just came up into my awareness, you know, online like after the fact. So to be able to help other people through this process and also have the language for it and to be able to share from my own personal experience is like it's just the greatest gift and I am so glad that you found your way to this podcast because I wish that something like this had existed 
when I was in the throes of my anxiety, when I was so deeply entrenched in the fear and the anxiety and the shame in the constant what-ifs and worst-case scenarios. I wish something like this existed. So I'm so just excited and honored to be able to do this and share my story in hopes that my story will speak to you and, and give you hope. So if my story resonates with you, please follow this podcast Ooh, I'm going to be coming up with so many amazing topics and episodes. I'm going to have guests on here and it's going to blow your mind, baby. It's going to blow your mind. So just be prepared. Okay, be prepared. Hit follow and I can't wait to keep sharing this work with you. I'm sending you so much love. Ah, take a breath. You are exactly where you need to be, even right now. If you're feeling like you're in the midst of the confusion or you're like in the dark pit of anxiety, I know what it's like. You're not alone. You are so, so infinitely worthy and you are so infinitely loved. All right, I will talk to you next time. Thank you so much for being here and be sure to also follow me on Instagram at healing.embodied and if you have found this podcast and you're not already following me on Instagram, shoot me a DM and just say hi. Uh, Say, hey, I found you through the podcast and just connect with me there. Um, I know so much of our life is very much in the digital space. So I do like to have these moments of humanness, human connection. So thank you for being here. Much love to you.